was out golfing. In fact, this happened to me many, many times while I was out golfing. It wasn't just a one-time phenomena. I would be out with a group of individuals. I would be single, and then I'd be paired up with three other men. And as we were golfing, one of the things I noticed that would, would happen on a regular basis was about halfway through the 18 holes, one of them would ask me, so, hey, what, what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, man. And then I would have to tell them, I'm a pastor. It's not that I'm ashamed of being a pastor, but there is such a stigma. There is such a, a, a kind of a preconceived idea of what ministers ought to be, what they ought to do. And the, no, it never failed. One of the first things that it would happen is after I would say I was a pastor, they would say, oh, I am so sorry. And it was like, well, what for? Well, for all the swearing we've done, I am so sorry. And then we would play a few more holes, bad shot, and they'd swear, look at me, I am so sorry. And then the other thing that would happen, they would look at me and go, you know, I, I don't attend a church. And instead, I am, I'm spiritual, but not religious. I have heard that term more and more over the last 10, 15 years. What about you? Maybe you even identify as spiritual but not religious. But if you don't, do you know of friends? Do you have family of other individuals who are spiritual but not religious? Well, that's the topic we're going to be looking at today. Spiritual but not religious. And we're going to be looking at it in three different ways. Number one, what does it even mean? Number two, what is the origin of it? And then finally, we're going to be looking at what it means to be spiritual but not religious. What are you walking away from and what are you walking towards? You are listening to Mind the Ear. Thank you for taking your time and listening to this. And we'll be right back to look at spiritual but not religious. What does it mean? Spiritual, but not religious. S-B-N-R, if you like acronyms. What does it mean? When someone tells you they're spiritual, but not religious, what are they saying to you? Well, the first term we want to look at is the term religious. And, And I don't believe that when people say they're spiritual, but not religious, I really don't believe that they are using the dictionary term for religion. Instead, I think the majority of people who use that term, if you listen to the context in which it is said, what they basically are saying is, I don't belong to a church. And I not only don't belong to a church, but I'm not a part of a religion in the sense that I have a set of doctrines or dogmas or even ritual practices that I have to adhere to. I am not limited I am not fixed. I am not um, rigid. And I don't want people to impose their ideas on me. And in return, I'm not going to impose my ideas on others. So this idea of religious, I'm spiritual but not religious, the religious aspect is usually seen in a negative context. 
It's a walking away from religion. But when people use the word spiritual, again, it, it's such a, a vague term that you, almost, you really have to listen to them. You have to mind the ear so that by listening, you might be able to understand what they're really saying. When I think about spiritual but not religious, I think there are three options when it comes to spiritual. Number one, if you take the word literally, when someone says they are spiritual but not religious, you could assume that what they're talking about is that they believe in spirits, that they see ghosts, that they are somehow attuned with the spirits. But I don't think the majority of people are, I don't think they're using it in that way. On the other, the second option is that these are individuals who see life more in a dualistic sense. They devote part of their time and energy to cultivating that spiritual side versus the material side. So on the material side, they may be very particular about what they eat, their exercising, their mind. But when it comes to the spiritual side, it's different. They make a distinction between these two aspects of not only their life, but of life in general. Now, I think that's a possibility. When someone says they're spiritual but not religious, I think that might be part of it, is that they are dualistic. However, does that dualism that arose back in the time of the Greeks, is it still applicable? Is it helpful to see one's life divided into two different spheres? Or is it more to one's advantage to see oneself as whole, as an entity of, of wholeness, an entire being? And you can't make those radical distinctions between the two. So that's the second option. Here's the third. And I, I honestly think the third one is the one that the majority of people are talking about. And I would like you to think, maybe, does this one sound like you if you are an SBNR? Or does it sound like your friends or family that also might be spiritual but not religious? That third option says that spiritual takes a focus and takes care to cultivate and reflect upon one's ethics, to focus upon behaving justly and compassionately toward fellow human beings, and it also has this element of being sensitive or nurturing one's aesthetic sense, a, a sensitivity or appreciation of beauty. That's why often, in, when it comes to spiritual but not religious, there seems to be a focus upon music and arts and poetry. That tends to focus one upon that spiritual being. So again, it's not easy. It really isn't easy just to say, well, spiritual but not religious, everyone fits into this understanding. But that's one of the advantages of saying that you're spiritual but not religious. They want that freedom. They want that independence. So if that is what the spectrum of meaning might be when it comes to spiritual but not religious, where did the term originate? Where did it come from? We're going to take a short break, 
And we're going to come back and answer that question. I thank God that I've never had to use a dating app. I, I've met individuals, I know of individuals that have, and have, some have had incredible success with it. I've actually done a marriage of individuals who met through a dating site. I've never done it, and I'm glad. I'm glad I haven't had to do it. Because it, it's trying to put out an image of oneself. And one of the things that I think would be challenging when it comes to these dating apps and when they ask you the questions about who you are is when it comes to your religious beliefs. That is a significant part of people's identities, how they identify. You know, a lot of our identity is wrapped up in our work. It's wrapped up in our gender, but it's also wrapped up in how we label ourselves, how we see ourselves when it comes to religion. So imagine you're having to look at that section where it says religious beliefs. They give you all sorts of options. And as you look at those options, none of them really apply to you. You are no longer affiliated or significantly involved in a Christian denomination or another religion. So if you look down that list, and then you see the box, and next to that word is atheist. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you right now. Do not, do not check that box. Because unfortunately, as a culture, we continue to see those individuals as atheists to be somewhat immoral that they don't have the same ethics or the values that those who are spiritual or religious do. So it was in the early 2000s that when these dating apps came to fruition, that they gave you a box that said spiritual but not religious. Well, again, if you mark the box that says atheist, you're going to end up waiting a long time to get matches because the majority of people still in our society are not comfortable identifying as an atheist. So if you want to date someone, if you want to get hits on your, this app, you better stay away from that term. And that's why they created the term spiritual but not religious. Matthew Hedstrom, who is a professor of religion out in Virginia, he says the following, spiritual but not religious became a nice category that said, I'm not some kind of cold-hearted atheist on the one side, but I'm not some kind of moralizing prudish person either. So those are the extremes. But in the middle, I'm nice, I'm friendly, and I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. That box, 
it's probably going to get you far more responses and matches than if you had marked atheist. And you might be an atheist, but it's a lot easier to say I'm spiritual but not religious. And then the spiritual, it is so vague that you can use that to put a bunch of stuff into that category. So that's how this originated. And as the term began to mix and come around into society, it attracted two particular groups of individuals. Number one, those individuals who focused on individualism. They, they focused on them. Life was about them and their personal experience, their intuition. They didn't need someone else to tell them what to believe. They figured that out for themselves. But it also was attractive to those people that were anti-establishment, those people who do, no longer trusted organizations. And man, we've seen that happen. I th- think about how many individuals with these rise of conspiracy theories and unfortunately the way that some organizations choose to hide things from us. So a lot of distrust has arisen. So to say you are spiritual but not religious automatically puts you out of the sense of institutions. I don't trust institutions. I don't trust religions. I don't trust churches. Instead, I trust up here. I mean here. That's what I trust. That's what I rely on. And the spiritual but not religious, it resonates with them. It works for them. They are able to say that I'm looking for something deeper in life, meaningful in life, and I am not one of them. I am not religious. So we've looked at the possibility of what spiritual but not religious, what it means. We've looked at its origin. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to ask the question, what is it that the people who identify as spiritual but not religious, what is it they are walking away from? And as they are walking away from that, what are they walking toward? Be right back. So, got your walking shoes on? What are, you, what are we walking away from? Well, one of the things that people say they no longer find attractive about churches and denominations and religions is the stances they are taking on political issues. You know, and back in the 1980s, there was a wedding that took place between the evangelicals and the Republican Party. It was the rise of the moral majority, the religious right. And ever since then, politics has found its way into more and more churches. And many individuals are finding that offensive. They don't want to go to church 
on a Sunday and have their pastor tell them what they ought to believe when it comes to politics, how they ought to vote. So they're tired of it, and they're walking away. The other things that they're walking away from, and we've mentioned it before, is they often feel that when it comes to dogma and doctrine, that is too restrictive, that it's limiting them. They want curious, they want to be able to pursue things. They, they're curious. They want to explore. So their ideas about God or a higher power, that's fluid. It's changing. And it's different. You take a group of individuals who say they're spiritual but not religious, it's real possibility that they will all see things a little bit different when it comes to explaining or understanding God. And they're okay with that. You do you, I do me. You believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I want to believe. I don't need to belong to a group of people that are going to tell me what to believe. So therefore... Those in churches that are doing that, that are restrictive, they're walking away from them. Again, going back to Matthew Headstrom, he says the following, Spirituality is seen as a larger, freer arena to explore big questions. That's a key word there, isn't it? Explore. Instead of being confined. They want to be able to explore, to get out and and hike on that trail, to see if I take this path versus this path, where will it take me? What difference will it make in the quality of my life? Over the last couple decades, we have seen a rise of churches that identify as non-denominational. Why? Why? Well, what's the benefit? Why market yourself as that? Well, they got ahead of the curve. They saw that people were becoming more and more distrustful of formal organizations, institutions. So they walk on away from it. They don't trust them anymore. And with it comes the church. And yeah, churches, denominations have done some things that call in to question their trustworthiness. Ministers have made choices that have been harmful, harmful to individuals, harmful to themselves, as well as to the larger church. So I can understand. I can understand why they are walking away from religion, at least as how they perceive it. So what are they walking toward? What is it they're moving forward to? I think one of the things that they would tell you is they want something larger than themselves. Maybe you don't have to call it God. Maybe it's a higher power. And how you experience something that is greater than yourself, how you experience that is it's not limited to a particular time or a particular place. They often believe that they can experience this higher power or this God 
or this unnamed entity, that you can experience it in a wide variety of places. You can experience it on, on a motorcycle. You can experience while you're out hiking, floating down a river. So that's why more and more individuals are turning to the outdoors. That's where they're trying to encounter something beyond themselves. It's fascinating that when they are surveyed, those that are spiritual but not religious, one of the things that they're walking toward that they believe calls them and, and pulls them beyond themselves, one of the greatest avenues they, they say they can experience that in, it's music. I mean, you think about it. Music, it's cross-culturals. When you have a movie that is done here in America and it's, and it's shipped, shipped to a different country. The, uh, they often, you know, you got to change the words, right? You got to make the translation. But the music stays the same. Happy birthday in America resonates. The tune resonates in other countries, other cultures. Because music has a way of speaking to us. And those who are spiritual but not religious often find in music something that pulls them beyond themselves, what they call a spiritual experience. I think another thing that they're walking toward is they want to see life as a journey. They want to see that spiritual aspect as an active movement, progression. What they don't want is this feeling of being stuck. It's the difference between seeking versus dwelling. When you dwell someplace, yeah, it gives you a sense of comfort, a sense of home, but it also can get boring, especially if it doesn't work for you anymore. So I think that's another reason people are walking away from religions. It, it, it's not... It's not um, alive. It, it's, they see it as dead, stagnant. You know, who wants to drink water out of a stagnant pond versus a, a flowing, vibrant river or stream? So I can understand why they're walking toward that kind of experience. And that brings us to the third thing that the people, I think, that are spiritual but not religious are moving toward. They want experiences. They want individual experiences. It's about the heart. It's about feelings. It's not just about the head. One individual said the, the following, the presumption that to think and act within an existing tradition to practice religion Risk making one less spiritual. So if you want to be spiritual, they don't believe that the way to do that is belonging to a religion, belonging to a particular denomination, and for sure not a local church, because they assume, no, they presume that to be the case. And right before we came on air, I, I was... I asked uh, the tech crew, what's the difference between presumption and assumption? They shared with me that a presumption 
is a lot like an assumption, but there's no evidence for what one is going to say. So it is true, I think, maybe. That probably is. That a lot of people make presumptions. And that becomes reality. And that's what they're walking away from, but they're walking to individual personal experiences. One of the advantages of that, it can't be invalidated. You know, if someone says, well, this is how I feel, this was my experience, how do you tell them no? How do you tell someone, no, 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 you can't feel that way? No, that's how they feel. And so, again, it goes back to that idea of individualism. Spirituality can so easy become focused upon me and mine. It's my experience. That's your experience. And that is probably, for me, one of the challenges that I have when it comes to spiritual but not religious. I think it's, I think it's limiting. In fact, those individuals who identify as spiritual but not religious, they will tell you. They will tell you that one of the things they miss out on is a sense of community. Yeah, it's, it's nice to be up on top of the mountain. It's nice to be canoeing on the lake. But when you're by yourself, at some point, it might become really lonely. Then what do you do? Who do you have to share ideas with? Who do you have to share experiences with? Now, I, as a minister, I understand that, that, that churches, they do prefer conformity. And they are really good at giving answers. But that's not all churches. See, I, I believe there are churches out there that want to be a place where those who are spiritual but not religious, when they choose to drop in, that they'd be comfortable. It's, it's a church that, it's a gathering of, of pluralistic seekers. Those who don't want to be stagnant, who want the freedom to think, to explore, to be curious, but they want to do it with others. They don't want to be alone anymore. They want to be able to share ideas. They want to be able to share doubts and not be criticized, not be judged. They just want to be themselves and to be open, be vulnerable. And I think there's churches out there that may be harder to find but I think there's churches out there that are trying to do that, that are trying to create that, that realize that the journey is more important than having the answers. Another idea that came to my mind when it came to this idea of spiritual but not religious, I honestly think there are individuals who unfortunately, use that term because they understand what would happen if they call themselves atheist or agnostic or a humanist. 
again, we have, as a society, I don't know when we're going to get beyond this. But as a society, we bring certain assumptions about, or presumptions, no evidence, about certain individuals because of a label that they've chosen to apply to themselves. And these individuals are smart. They don't want to end up being pigeonholed or seen a particular way because they believe different. So I think they, they find that term spiritual but not religious, it works for them. And then the last thought that came to my mind, and I don't mean to come across too critical, but it, it is something that I, I would like those who are spiritual but not religious to ponder. And I would love to hear your opinions. I mean, if that's something you're willing to do, I would encourage you to email us at me media at beatitudeschurch.org. That is media at beatitudeschurch.org. But here's where I might be a little critical of those who call themselves spiritual but not religious. It's easy. It's really easy to label all religions, all churches, all denominations as the same. You put them all in the same basket. So when you say, I'm not religious, I'm not a churchgoer, you don't have to think about, well, what religion am I not a part of? What denomination, what church am I not attending? You just kind of all put them all back in together. That's what I'm against. And I think you're missing out on something. Because not all religions, not all denominations, and for sure, not all churches are the same. And so, perhaps those who are spiritual but not religious, perhaps they, if they were to find a church that was really open to exploring, to questions, and to people's doubts, Maybe that would be a really good combination. Because on the one side, those who are spiritual but not religious would have a community. And those who are members of that church, they would be stretched. They would have to, they would have to become uncomfortable and then comfortable in the questions. So, that's my rambling about being spiritual but not religious. But I'm not done. I want to come back and look at this topic again next week. And the article that I'm going to share next week is going to end up being in the show notes next week. The title of that article is Dear Culture, Being Spiritual But Not Religious Isn't Really a Thing. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. So, I hope you found something to ponder. I hope you have, over the last few minutes, minded your ear, paid attention, listened, thought about, maybe stretched yourself a little bit. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. So, whatever you're doing, 
Whatever your plans are for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, be safe out there and take care of yourself. Bye.